you little bastard. I never wanted you to do it in the first place. I was totally against it. Try explaining that to the judge. I am not going to have to explain anything to any judge. This is your ball game, Carl. You are an asshole. And you are a trigger-happy idiot! Hello, friends of the show. Welcome to Double Impact, a podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. It is a Saturday afternoon pod session. It's a little rainy. We're playing the footy ball <laughs> across the road in the park there. And we're talking movies. Talking pictures. Pictures. Let's talk about Men at Work. I love that band. That's what we're here to talk about, right? Well, according to Google. <laughs> yeah, right. This episode has been hindered extremely by the men at work, the band rather than the movie. The search results really did not work in our favour. Yeah, well, I think rightfully so. Yeah. That's a men at work, obviously. Very they won the cultural relevancy battle. <laughs> Land Down Under. Yeah. One of our anthems. There it is. It wasn't there. What happened to that? It was a big law case. Law yeah, case. because it's... A law case. <laughs> a law case. They got sued. Like the Kookaburra people. Yeah, Kookaburra sits in the old gum tree, ah, which yes. was a song in Australia which you would assume is almost public domain. It's been I around it forever. Be public domain. That song, I think the rights went to some... Someone got the rights to that song and was like, hey, I'm going to sue them. And they had to pay them lots of money and one of them killed themselves. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it's pretty shit. Not Fuck Colin that Hay. guy. I don't know which one it was. I think Colin Hay's still around. Fuck whoever yeah. sued them. It's like there's there's people in America. There's fucking the guy from Seventh Heaven that fucking molested children but because of the statute of limitations he can't be charged. Why the fuck do the men at work land down under people? How are they able to be sued for a song that is ultimately public domain? It's like Mary had a fucking little lamb. It is. This Mary is some little- bullshit. Little kookaburra. Yeah. And it's not like, it's it, like four notes. Yeah. Complete, it's a song. It's like the Twinkle Twinkle Little Star guys suing the ABC guys. With the ABC guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the same thing. Yeah. But no, no one cares because it's not a. They should say relax. thank you. Yeah. Because Land Down Under is a national treasure. Yeah. Yeah. That's some bullshit, man. You know? Oh. <gasps> Well, to lighten things up, I'll, we're going back to 1990. Yeah, take us back. Um, and look, one of the many, many, many themes running through um, the Men at Work film is uh, environmental awareness, trash. Interesting, yeah. Um, so Rubbish. At, at the time, one of the biggest environmental disasters, man-made environmental disasters was the, of course, the Exxon Valdez. The secret of the ooze. The oil spill. Oh, that too. Yeah, the actual spill occurred in March 89, but it was very much front and centre all through the 1990. Do you remember much of uh, this one? Uh, as you say that, I feel like I can picture a news report or something. Like, I feel like It was huge. It's, I yeah. think it's still the biggest oil spill ever. But basically um, Exxon Shipping Company, bound for Long Beach, California, uh, crashed into a reef, uh, Prince William Sound's Bly Reef, um, off the coast of Alaska Blimey. and basically leaked out 10.8 million US gallons or 37,000 tonnes for our uh, metric folk Yeah, and basically wiped out the whole coast. I think it's still in re- state of repair. Right. There was, it was a massive thing. Obviously it's big business. It's 
big fines. So yeah. all went through the courts. They were trying to blame it on a drunken, the old cliched drunken captain. But that got uh, that got debunked. Apparently, they had they had there was some radar system that they hadn't been using. Right, had been out for about a year. It was very expensive to fix. They're like, yeah, we're we're fine. We know where the reefs are. What, what am I, an idiot? So, um, yeah, man, it was it was a like a a, a, a massive thing um, in terms of the environmental impact. A lot bigger than what we saw in Men at Work. Mm. Uh, the dumping of the ooze. Yeah. Uh, as as many as two hundred fifty thousand seabirds killed, up to three thousand otters, two hundred and something bald eagles. And uh, so yeah, that was a big deal, and that was nineteen ninety. That's a very good reference to nineteen ninety because I got some things a little bit later that I'd like to bring up in in the, in the context of the time capsule of this movie. Which yeah, good. Is very on theme is what you're talking about. Oh, very excellent. secret of the ooze. Oh, okay. uh, Captain esque. Planet. Well, yeah, getting close. He's a hero. He was going to take pollution down to zero. How did that work out, Captain Planet? Have you followed through on that promise? It's bullshit. As soon as he didn't have a TV show no more. Yeah. It's all hype. Well, to be fair, it's also up to the Planeteers. Yeah. I never trusted heart. It's like <laughs> earth, wind, fire, all these elements, and then heart. Can I be in the gang? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Hey, 1990 was a big year for, for pollutants. Mm, clearly. And the box office was no different. Plagued, in terms of pollutants? Yeah, plagued by such pollutants as Dances with Wolves. Um, presumed Innocent, which I've never heard of. That's, That's the only Presumed movie. Innocent. I'm pretty sure Harrison Ford gets framed again. Oh, really? <laughs> Get off my plane. I didn't kill anyone. <laughs> it was also the year of Days of Thunder, Robocop 2. Keep going. Gremlins 2, which I think we should do soon as like our first sequel to th- something we've covered. Do we need to save it for Christmas? Is, is, oh, is yeah, number okay, two no, Christmas yeah, as well? Good point. We'll check it out. If it is, we have to save it. Child's Play 2, a lot of sequels this year. Mm. Back to the Future 3, Goodfellas, mm. pictures we've done before. We've done a fair bit from 90. But, you know, there's 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 also there's the box office, there's the rankings and there's people want to get as high as they can in the rankings and there's the prestigious top 75. Yeah, yeah, yeah Everyone's yeah. trying to get in. I want to get in that top 75. Yeah. And, and there was a movie that year that came in at number 72. Oh, yeah? called Men at Work. Um, But yeah, this came out in August 1990, budget of $9 million, gross of $16.2 million. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores. Mm -hmm. So, critic score of 30%, audience score of 45%. Oh, yeah. This is interesting. You feel like it's shooting in the dark with this, don't you? Even not just with the plot predictions, which which I've done, which we'll get into. So this is a new thing Greg and I are doing. If yeah, if either of us haven't seen a movie that we're covering, we have to predict what the plot will be. It has to be pre-recorded, so no cheatings. Pre-watch, pre yada yada yada. You're allowed to look at the movie poster. That's yeah. the, that's uh-huh. that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, also I feel like because you didn't participate in like the thing. Participate at the time, in the. Well, you, you don't feel, you don't live through the the hype. Yeah, that's... A bit like what you had last week. Exactly, with, um, for, for Sandlot. You, there were things that you just didn't know were a big deal. It's a, it's a very interesting uh, new dimension for so, us. Yeah, exactly. So I'm very excited to see some of the things I, I've observed in this movie. Were they big things? Were they little things? I don't know. Okay. Well, why don't we hear more about your history with this movie? Because this was a big one for it you, It was right? a big movie. I Look, and I'm probably light on details of specifically what it was. I remember we watched it. 
I remember thinking it was a really funny movie. Yeah. Like this was like a hilarious, cool movie. Yeah. Emilio and Charlie were cool guys. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we watched this as a family. My dad's a big Charlie. Well, I don't know if he is now. Maybe not now. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, probably, doesn't, <laughs> probably doesn't know what he's been up to. But yeah, he probably, was a big yeah. Charlie Sheen fan back in the day. He loved that uh, lazy. Fair enough. I'm into it. He, he, he's great. <laughs> we'll get into it. But, oh, yeah, so I think it was kind of my parents probably liked it. I think we just liked it because they were going to open a surf shop. Yeah. Which I forgot. <laughs> and there was a lot um, – it's more of a rewatch stuff. But, yeah, it was – I just remember it being a popular funny movie. Yeah. 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 I'd never heard of it. Um, That's cool. I was a big Emilio guy though. You were from the Ducks? The uh, from the Ducks but also Loaded Weapon. Did you ever see Loaded oh, yeah, of Weapon? Of course, yeah. So it's interesting, a couple of things. Because I hadn't, I hadn't even heard of this movie, but even looking at the post, I'm like, I mean, this this looks, I'm into this. Yeah. But then I, I put it on the socials when we announced a new episode. It's getting a lot of it's reactions. It's got a bit of traction. It's got a bit of traction. Yeah. So this is a movie, and a lot of people are going, oh, and you've got to do Loaded Weapon. So there's there's some kind of thing yeah. there. Where yeah. there's, there's the film, there's the iconic <laughs> Emilio 90s pictures yeah. that we've got to cover. Uh, but that was a big one for me. I think I hired Loaded Weapon a lot. Before I even saw Lethal Weapon, I didn't know it was like a piss take. I had the same experience yeah, okay. and I <laughs> was kind of let down because I was expecting an action movie, not a slapstick like oh, naked was, gun type And thing. that's early Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, he before gives him the dandruff was, stuff. Before he was famous. He goes, you don't have yeah, – take, take this. He goes, but you don't have dandruff. I know. <laughs> That's a lot. I, I can't remember any of it, yeah, but I'm keen to. I might have to bump it up the list. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, all right. Well, why don't I get into my little plot prediction? Mm-hmm. Emilio Estevez and Carlos Estevez play two brothers in the waste management business. They're they're hungry. They they want. They want to do more with their lives there yeah, and they yeah. see an opportunity in helping with some unsavory types um, who perhaps need to dispose of a body. Mm. So they volunteer their services, but not all goes according to plan. They're about to find out that sometimes taking out the trash is harder than it looks. By the end of the movie, they, they, they realised they had it pretty good in the first place and maybe they should just be grateful for what they bloody uh, well have. Um, I think it's a comedy. <laughs> that wasn't bad. Some of the elements are there. but there you, was some You of the kept bit, it pretty high level, yeah, yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah. But, yeah, ultimately quite wrong. Yeah, I, I give you... What more out of life? That was close, but... I'd give you a six out... I'd, I'll give you a five out of ten. Five out of ten. I'll it's take like it. It's like a pass. Yeah, I'll take it. That's a pass. Um, should we get into the origin story? Uh, I, yeah, and there's a couple of gems in here I'm really excited to discuss. Really? Okay. Uh. Origin story. I'm glad you got some gems because I felt like I need to apologise in advance because usually, usually a if it's a movie I know, I already know some of the mythology around it and some of the backstory and then yeah, you do yeah. some little research and you'll find some things and you'll be like, oh, okay, that's good. And this one's quite limited to the Wikipedias. Yeah, but but there's it's a, but it's a decent one in Wikipedia. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, I, most of my points are from Wikipedia and I really – we 
we love Dub- we love Wikipedia. We love Wikipedia, but here at Double Impact, this is it's not the Wikipod. It's not Wikipedia here. We we aim we nice. we do the heavy lifting. We look under every stone to find the the insights and the nuggets and the things to bring you to, mm. to bring you all the best things. We know you love nuggets. Yeah, but as much as we do. Because there was a band called Men at Work and because this movie got 30% critic score, there wasn't a lot to, to work to, with. To work with. Ironically. So, so here's what we got. Is that ironic or is that just is that to just men like at a work pun? with? Yeah. <laughs> it's a pun. Yeah, I often get them confused. <laughs> Most people do. Is that ironic? <laughs> no, still sure. Not. Thank you. Yeah. So this was written, directed, uh-huh. and starring Emilio Estevez. Ah. So he the Mighty Duckman. Right, the Mighty Duckman. The Saint Emilio. <laughs> Emilio, the Repo Man, Saint Elmo's Fireman. Ah, King of the Brats. King of the Brats. He really was King of the Brats. Was. Really, wasn't he? He was. Um, so he, speaking of the brats, he wrote this or at least conceived of the idea while filming St. Elmo's Fire. Mm. It says, I was living in a studio apartment. I'm not going to do an accent. I was living in a studio apartment in Santa Monica at the time. I was up late one night sitting in the kitchen table <laughs> working out some story ideas on my computer. All of a sudden the trash truck came roaring down the alley under my window. It was 5 a.m. and it just struck me. No one had ever done a movie about a trashman before. Wow, that I got a big lull out of that when I was when I read that. He's acting as though it's like, and then it dropped. <laughs> no one had done a movie. What about if? the Garbos? <laughs> yeah, it's like often in the origin story. There's White like, there's space, a- <laughs> blue sky. Call it what you want. He saw a gap in the market. You, it's, it's true. I didn't find it that funny when I read it, but now that you mentioned it, because often in the origin story, there's some. It's like an insight. It's like um, uh, Robert Zemeckis is cleaning out his parents' attic, and he finds a yearbook photo of his dad, and he's like, "Well, what would would I have been friends with my dad in high school?" <laughs> Back to the Future. Yeah. This one, garbage man, huh? Yeah, yeah I haven't seen there's that on the screen there. before. Get them up there. The part that I thought was pretty funny was apparently John Hughes was at one point going to be involved as director or producer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and basically the quote here, I, I don't know, the way I read it sounds very, why don't I read it? Yeah. He said, when I was reading it, I thought it was so good, so close to my bone that I had written it. But Emilio wanted to direct it and I, and I knew he'd be able to, he can do anything, he can act, he can write, he can direct. He surpassed me in that respect. I can't act, I wish I could. But it's very, um, it's, it was so good that I had to let him do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you run with this one, champ. You, you, I can't keep up with you. If this is like when you interview someone and you're like for a job and you're like, you're, you're overqualified. Yeah. It's like this script's too good for me. Yeah. You take it, champ. <laughs> you take it, Emilio. I wouldn't do it justice. Um, speaking of, of the Brad Pack, it was originally the co-star Judd Nelson. Huh? Mm-hmm. Also... Seen Saturday Night Live Fire? Probably. I don't remember Saturday Night Live Fire. Yeah, he's, Me he's, he's the cool guy. I didn't know the song. But I only recently I always did it said Burning yeah. Desire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They did a little switcheroo in there. Oh, yeah. Like it's 1997. Um, he ended up doing 15 different drafts of this script. Wow. Yeah. Couldn't even bother pressing the button. <laughs> a little half-assed wow from Greg there. <laughs> um, Keep going. Uh, he eventually cast Charlie. Carlos as Davis. Yeah. Um, saying he, he needed some comedy at this point in his career because he'd done Platoon, he'd had, done Wall Street. Uh-huh. 
done some heavy hitters, man. Yep. But he, Major League was the year before this, so I don't know. But maybe in the sequence of casting and maybe, maybe the timelines weren't quite. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Maybe it took longer to make. And he done his little uh, cameo as the... Uh, oh, that's true. In the, Bueller. Yeah. Which was pretty fucking good. Yeah. And now that I realise that at this point he wasn't doing comedies so much, then it's even better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I we didn't, didn't know that. Me too. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I think this was an indie film. I think he raised the funds himself. So, again, 1990, big year for indie films, Ninja Turtles, the, the biggest, highest grossing indie film of all time at yeah. that point. Yeah. This was closely behind it. Number 75? Uh-huh. Um, 73. Um, 72. 72. <laughs> Somewhere in his top 75. Low 70s. Low 70s. Um, it was originally going to be called Clear Intent. Then it changed to Pop 65 for obvious reasons. Couldn't tell you why. Um, <laughs> What's Clear Intent? I, you know, I don't know either. Feels like a legal term. I feel like we're back in the legals. I feel like they landed on the better name with men at work, but I feel like it could have been like taking out the trash and then they could be mm. folding their arms on the poster. Like what? The trash buddies. Yeah, the trash buddies, trash bros. Weekend at Bernie's two. Weekend at Bernie's two and a half, yeah, <laughs> 1.5. <laughs> um, bit of rounded out, let's just, just nail the car. car <laughs> nail. <laughs> oh, jeez. I said Carth because I was reading Keith David's name. Oh, you said Carth? I said Carth. You said Carth. No. Either are funny. Yeah, no. All right. Let me just let's round get, out the cast here. serial for a moment. Let's get Stopper Dopper Thurial. Keith David as Louis Fetters. Leslie Hope as Susan Wilkins. Dean Cameron as Pizza Guy or something. And a bunch of others. Yeah. And, and all others. the rest. <laughs> yeah. They had these people in, 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 they put them in front of the camera there. They had them run up and down the beach and, and move them bins around and things. And then they made a movie. Yeah. Rap Party at the Viper Room. Yeah. This sounds eerily similar to my synopsis. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's play the trailer and uh, get right into that. Yeah, good. In the two years you have worked here, you have broken just about every city ordinance that pertains to this line of work. Well, you can't say we haven't been a lot of laughs. (laughs) Got a complaint about banging trash cans on P Street at 6 a.m. this morning. You always have to think about this. No, sir. Pump it up a little more, get the party. This is the last year we throw trash. Said that last year. Yeah, but this year I mean it. You meant it last year. Just think of the garbage business as a way station on the road to Nevada. What was that for? You didn't like it. No, I liked it a lot. Then shut up. This is the, uh, the maximum sentence for murder. I did not murder anyone. Pump it up a little more, get the Emilio Estevez are men at work. Good trailer. Yeah, that was a good trailer. Not bad. I enjoyed it. Didn't give much away in terms of plot. No, it didn't. No. Um, 
Would you do the honors? I would love. I would love to give uh, a little bit more color. Yeah. Um, to this colorful film. Look, it's a very clear and easy uh, story to follow. Yeah. A simple story about ambition. Simple men. Yep. Garbage men. Mm. Greed. Mm. Corruption. Love. Yeah. Return veteran PTSD. Stockholm Syndrome. Environmental awareness. Entrepreneurship. And <laughs> early post-capitalism. It's a lot gone ahead of its time perhaps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In many ways. Mm. In many ways. Uh, we're introduced to Carl Taylor and James St. James. Notably not brothers. Not brothers. Yes. <laughs> Two cheeky, troublesome Santa Monica Garbos dreaming of the big original idea of opening a surf shop on Venice Beach. Wow. You is then, it Venice Beach? I'm unsure. It's Santa Monica. Oh, okay. Which is... It's LA. It's next door. Next door. Some of the Bondi Bronte situation. Yeah, perhaps. well, like, I'm going to lump it in the same Yeah, way. whatever. We then switch gears. As director Estevez draws heavily on the Hitchcock classic Rear Window. As the pair witness a murder whilst casually looking at the, a pretty neighbour through a telescope. Yeah. Normal. <laughs> the next day they're back on the beat emptying bins, this time with a supervisor, Craig David. <laughs> Mary's dad from Something About Mary. He's an angry Vietnam vet. We then switch gears. As director Estevez borrows heavily on the previous year's summer box office surprise weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Apparently carrying around corpses in hats is all the rage to. <laughs> it turns out that it's the local councillor that is being killed off by the paint stripping company's CEO after he decided to stop letting him drop chemical lace in the area. Mm. We then switch gears, uh, and all kinds of weirdness happens, culminating eventually in an ending. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a love story between Charlie Sheen and some girl he's been spying on for a number of years. She let me touch the bumps on her head. <laughs> Is that your nickname? Yeah, that was clear. It didn't really work. She, he does this thing, though, where he's just very, she let me. He says he's a phrenologist. <laughs> I love when she goes, that how did you, the, how did you know I had dumb? <laughs> Doesn't everyone? <laughs> I, did, I did laugh guy. at that. Yeah, I, I, I've and I, I, legit, I wrote down that quote of she let me touch the bumps on her head yeah. like as that was legit lol. Yeah. That was some funny bits. Yeah, he's a this funny is, guy. Uh, well, why did I get into my rewatch? Cause yeah, do it. There's a few things going on there. Obviously, there were some moments of realisation that my predictions were a bit off, but also somewhere I was like, not bad. Oh, yeah, not bad. The, the most notable, I would say, though, that I was off on was <laughs> that they're not brothers. <laughs> yeah. Now, how are you going to not have them be brothers? This is some Gyllenhaal-level genes we're dealing with here. This is some Baldwin-level genes we're dealing with here. How are you going to cast? It's like having Daniel Baldwin, <laughs> not Daniel Baldwin. He looks the least like him. William Baldwin Billion. and Alec Baldwin in a movie <laughs> not playing brothers. And... I get it. I think I reckon they're like I've I've got a name I want to use. I've got a name I want to use. I want to be James and James. Well, I want to be Carlos Taylor. Well, also because it was going to be Judd Nelson, but there was no point. I mean, he wrote fifteen different versions of this script. There was not one version where like, well, maybe we'll just be brothers then, since we look the same. I didn't even know their full names anyway. Well, I didn't know I they. That. I didn't. I assumed they were brothers until I was looking at the casting and the names and stuff. 
Yeah, like I watched the movie assuming they were brothers. Yeah, exactly. And maybe they still were because they don't have the same last name in real life. Touche. That was a mind-blowing thing that just occurred to Whoa. me. That's a real wow. Give me, give me a, give me a little I wow. Get, I'm gonna get up. <laughs> <laughs> the buttons feel further wow. away today, don't they? Wow. Ara does her workouts in here and it moves everything around. Yeah, she she does subtle changes to <laughs> yeah, our environment. It's always slightly different. Uh, I'm like, I feel like I'm on a social experiment where you just slightly move it further away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then <laughs> count the wows in the episode, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But. But as I've mentioned before in, in some of the Van Damme movies we covered that I hadn't seen, it really is such a delight watching a movie that you have no, zero context for. Yeah. It's almost like we need to pepper them in a little more. I think so too. I think we should have maybe maybe one every batch of ten eps where it's either at least one of us hasn't seen yeah, but maybe yeah, even yeah. just a, a blaring gap in the repertoire. Yeah. It's like neither of us have, have ever seen X. We should get onto that. You don't even know what genre it is. Like, yeah, yeah, I love that. You've got a whiteboard out. You're I love taking that. notes. Yeah. You've got the Sharpie pens out. I think that's why, I genuinely think that's why Black Mirror is a good show because you start every episode not knowing what it's going to be. Yeah. Even genre wise. Even genre, you're like, is this going to be, what's the premise? I don't know what the premise is. Where is it taking Where me? Where is it taking me? And some of the best film experiences I've had in general are like that. With District 9, well, I didn't know what that was and ah, I watched it on a plane. Okay. Yeah. And it just it was like, Wow, I feel you're more open to it on a plane. Yeah, yeah, because you've got, you've got a f- it lowers the stakes. You got, I got. We're in Australia, so you got at least eight hours to kill wherever you're going, uh-huh. as long as you leave in the country. And and you're like, well, I'll watch some. Lo- I watch the thing that I don't know much about that I wouldn't spend twenty bucks on because mm. that's how much cinema costs in Australia. And um, and I'm and committed. Some, every now and then you get. A, I'm not going to get up. And I cry on flights because also your phone doesn't work. Yeah. Oh man, I watched. I was watching Boyhood on a flight once. I got to the end. Man, it really got to me. But anyway, so that was step one. Delightful rewatch in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Fresh experience. Yeah. Perhaps the peak of the experience. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say my first impression is I, I get why this was a thing for you as a kid because if I saw this in 1990, I would yeah. have loved yeah. all of it. I, I would have loved all of it. Like. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> so cool. Um, but in terms of some of the things I, I did genuinely like was um, the, the first half overall, I think. Yeah. And maybe because I was still in that mystery phase of what is this movie going to be. But I feel like there's a cool – you're making fun of the, the garbage collector premise thing before, but I actually think there's kind of – Something pure in it. It's something, yeah, like some very – everydayness, like office space-esque mm. a little bit. I was mm. like, oh, okay, this is cool. We're in like a very normal cops in short shorts kind of thing. That yeah. was kind of those banter with the cops. So I was like, oh, that. I see where this is yeah. going. They're building a nice world here. Of Yeah, I'm into that. You got to, they got the, the, the culmination is going to be that surf shop. Yeah, 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 Perhaps. yeah. Which I kind of forgot about too actually. <laughs> so did they apparently. <laughs> yeah, because it's not, is it? No. No, okay. I can't remember the ending. Well, that's the other thing. So this is where it, start, it starts to lose me. Because that should be the ending. And it just kind of gets, they just, there's all this, it's like Emilio saw some other movies before he eventually made it and was like, yeah, more more Weekend of Boinies. Mm, yeah. Uh, more of this thing, more of that thing. And by the time they get to the more end. More circus music. Well, exactly, exactly. So they get to the end and it just turns into like cartoony, slapsticky stuff. It's which, a cartoon at the end, isn't which, it? That's, which yeah. wasn't what it started as. And like he gets, hit, the bad guy gets hit in the head and you hit 20 Boing. birds. 
and then the carnival music, and then you're right, sir. And they put him in his car, and it's like, wait, what movie? This isn't the got, same movie. And the dead body has his arms up, which you can't do. <laughs> you can't hold up a drink when you're a dead body. Yeah. And if you were to do that, it would require a lot of structural. It depends what stage integ- of rigor mortis, because they oh, do yeah, go. I forgot about that. Because Shit. that was one That's thing. That's what where he. Weekend. He had thought about weekend this. Weekend of bonies. Got that Taught wrong because we broke that down. Go back and listen to the episode Weekend of Burners. We did that back in, uh, I don't know, maybe the 20s or 30s episodes because um, we, we broke down what happens in the first few days of being dead. Of, uh, yeah, body decomposition. Yeah. Composition. And one of the first things is a sheer pants. So <laughs> this movie didn't <laughs> didn't quite nail that either. You avoid your bowels. But, yeah, I think I'm on board second half, first half, and then second half I'm a bit like, oh, yeah, bit of a shame because yeah, it should get to a logical conclusion. Something to do with surfing. It's could um, you would you say that it is a bad version of Dust Till Dawn? <laughs> I'd say it's a bad version of a lot of things, Greg. <laughs> but no, nah. oh, I see what you mean with the, with the genre shifty type of thing. Mm. Yeah, kinda. It just kind of. It feels just, a bit like you know when Flanders's house gets done in the hurricane in The Simpsons. Yeah, but then. The, the community of Springfield get together. Build him a house. And to build him a house, this is the house that Love built. Yeah. And he's like, this looks great. And you go inside and it's looking pretty good. It's and not. then, oh, the ground's a bit gritty here. And it's like, yeah, we ran out of floorboards so we started painting the dirt. <laughs> it's kind of what this movie felt like. <laughs> There's great ideas up front. Yeah. And it, it started well and it's like, yeah, and at the end he gets hit in the head and you hear birds. And then, yeah, there's a bit of painted dirt. There's <laughs> a bit of painted dirt yeah, towards the end there. Really the tunnel's smaller. getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Exactly. That's kind of what it felt like. <laughs> it's a very good analogy. It just occurred to me. <laughs> um, but that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah, so I'm not going to say I didn't love it. Well, no, I am going to say I didn't love it. I didn't love it. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I can see I definitely would have loved it in 1990. Yeah, okay. But you can probably see why verdict's going. But what about you, Greg? Yeah, well, I think... When f- was the last time you watched it? Oh, man, a long time. I don't okay. know. So yeah. this is a clean... It's, it's a clean rewatch. Yeah. Um, I think my words were, well, that was weird. <laughs> what an unusual collection of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a collection of things. Yeah. Wikipedia refers to it as a black comedy thriller, which I didn't know was a But genre. it almost could be. Black comedy thriller. Yeah, because like Coen Brothers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Oh, that is a thing. Because I've got that in my thing is like I could see this movie being done well, same yeah. premise, almost same script almost. It's just As a Coen the Brothers music thing. really, I mean among, amongst other elements, but yeah. the music really makes it come unstuck. Yeah, yeah. Just makes it silly. But, yeah, I, I thought you could have a Coen Brothers version of this movie that could be kind of good, like Fargo-esque mm. of like it's kind of funny but it's kind of weird and dark. Yeah. Or you go the other way and it's, it's full frat pack, Seth Rogen, James Franco mm. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or you we're stuck in the mucky middle here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. To use a uh overused marketing term. <laughs> um Sorry, continue. So it made that's yeah, like it I think it was still, you know, it's 1990 so you get the hangover from the 80s. So aesthetically yeah. it was kind of fun. I it's, liked it. That, actually that's funny too because I thought it was 80s because again I didn't look anything up. So I'm watching yeah, it. It's an 80s. And then oh, I looked yeah, it up and I was like 80s, it was, really, isn't it? I assumed it was 85 or something when I watched it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peak 80s. Yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was pretty all over the shop would be my summation. Yeah. But Emilio, the way he described making this movie like, like oh, I saw the garbage. Man, and I thought. They've got stories. Like, 
they got stories. Who's <laughs> representing the Garbos up there? <laughs> and he, he also, you know, he's like, I want to, I want to make it about the environment. Yeah. Yes. Because that's important. That's a good so point. So this will remind people that dumping waste is bad. Well, this reminded me of of your little um, year that was 1990, little member Barry, because he does talk about this as, you know, it's a comedy, but it's got a message. Right, Men at Work comes out uh, August 24th, and uh, it's, uh, it's a picture starring my brother Charlie Sheen and I, and uh, we play a couple of garbage men who find a body in the trash. That body turns out to be a city commissioner who has been getting kickbacks for allowing toxic waste dumps off the coast of our beach. So we have, we, we have uh, basically set up a comedy, but we're tackling a, a social environmental issue as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. He even does, like, it's scary how much he looks like his old man. Just watching that clip as he, he's got that stare and they sort of start turning their head while they keep looking at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because when I was a kid, when, but you know, there, there's a point in your life where you realise he's a sheen, but you didn't know that as a kid. I think it was, yeah, it's yeah, definitely yeah. as an adult. <laughs> and, and, and I always, well, I think once I realised, I always thought Charlie Sheen looked like Martin Sheen, but then you see that and you're like, he really looks like Martin Sheen. Yeah, and I think... They're probably sim- more similar, perhaps. Yeah, I think a lot more similar. I got a little bit on that later in terms of they're, they're, uh, Emilio and Carlos, Charlie, are a lot more different than I first realised. Yeah, I'd be interested to understand the dynamics of their relationship. Oh, I've got a little bit on that. Um, because they're very different. Yeah. Well, before we get into that, one thing I thought was interesting just in terms of that theme of environment was, so this was 1990, also the year of the Ninja Turtles movie and a lot of other things where this, the, the, this it seemed like the biggest concern in the world was toxic waste. Yeah. Remember yeah. toxic waste yes. was such a thing? Well, I mean, Exxon Valdez was probably... Maybe that's why. Okay, then you just yeah, then it'll close the loop there because, yeah, exactly. Like this idea, I didn't know what it was as a kid. It, it, it glowed and it was green generally. But yeah. like this idea of toxic waste, even the Simpsons working at a nuclear power plant and there's always toxic waste around and um, there was that there was a cartoon called Toxic Crusaders. We're the toxic crusaders. Right. And then there was the Toxic Avenger, which I'm not sure if that was connected to Toxic Crusaders. I think it might have been. And they yeah. had a babe getting and, carried by the Yeah, man. I think that was a trauma film. Yeah. That we should do a trauma film. Who's trauma? Oh, that's a whole can of worms that we'll get into. But um, recurring theme on Captain Planet, which you touched on before, Ninja Turtles, like we said, Street Sharks, cashing in on the mutant animal trend. Even Batman Returns, which I forgot, yeah. had had a toxic yep. waste element to it. Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich, yeah, yeah. So it was a, such a 90s thing and that was even, even though that was later 90s, that was set in early 90s I think, right? So yeah, that was a true story. This idea <laughs> was a true story. So this toxic waste was public enemy number one. So maybe in the in the 20s, in the roaring 20s where about we've just embarked on, it's all going to be like COVID. It'll be... Airborne diseases as the toxic waste of the 2020s will be pandemics. Yeah, perhaps. well, I mean, we're also climate era. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are also climate era. Um, well, that's what we are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's been the recent ones with the 2012s, even with the well, pretty much any disaster movie. Yeah, you're right. We've kind of done it, haven't we? Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. been the latest one. But yeah, so sorry. maybe the next one will, even though we've had some pandemic movies too, but maybe the next will still be. Yeah, yeah, interesting. There's got to be some ideas bubbling out there in creative. I wouldn't minds. mind more toxic waste though. Just like some ooze, some green ooze, yeah. some animal becoming you I'm know okay humanoid. I've got 
an appetite for more ooze? I've got capacity for a bit more. Um, the, the, I, so I consider that a bit of a time capsule of, of the 90s. The other time capsule element that I noticed of, of 1990, you remember Jolt Cola? It wasn't uh, huge vaguely. in Australia. It wasn't a clear one, was it? It wasn't huge in Australia, but in this, when the beginning of the movie where they go to work the first day. They're drinking Jolt? Drinking Jolt Cola, which was a cola drink, you know, 90s peak cola wars period, was a cola drink with double the caffeine, double the oh. caffeine. And strangely enough, I was like, well, I'll throw in a little Jolt Cola ad here because that'll be Nostalgic. Fun. Yeah. And they don't seem to exist, but what I did find was a, an interesting news news report exploring the dangers oh, no. of Jolt Cola. Oh, and the other thing I'll say is Jolt Cola was quite prominent in, in 90s movies. So in Jurassic Park, Newman's character is drinking Jolt Cola. It's a, it's a very hacker thing. Like the people at computers oh, drinking well Jolt to, Cola. Well you got to stay awake. you got to stay awake, exactly. That became kind of its cultural space that it owned. Hackers. But, but check out this, this great news report. It fizzes like any other soft drink, but this cola is said to be different. It will give you a jolt of energy. Jolt has all the sugar and twice the caffeine of regular soft drinks. That the uh, promotion on it indicated that you would really get a pickup from it, which you probably would on a temporary basis. When the caffeine fix is gone, though, it may cause a downer, just like other caffeine drinks. The caffeine level in Jolt is just under the level allowed by the Food and Drug Administration. It's just pretty funny, man. Like I remember Jolt Cola because it wasn't really a thing here, but then I remember there was like one of those specialty stores with the imported candies and such. Yeah. And I saw Jolt Cola there. Yeah. And I bought it thinking it's almost like I'm taking drugs. I thought this is like I've I've got my hands on yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just drinking a Jolt Cola, no big deal. NBD. Whatever. NBD, man, it's just a lot of caffeine. NBD. Some people can't handle it. Some people can't handle it. I'm a bit like a, a bit garbage man one day or a hacker. Yeah, hack the garbage. <laughs> I loved it. I loved was it. it. I don't know. It tastes like it tastes like. I could do with like. I mean, I'm pro to an energy drink here and there. Well, that's what they say. It was the first energy drink, basically. Yeah. Because I think they've reinvented themselves as an energy drink. I mean, it was an energy drink before, but it more consciously yeah. Yeah. branded. They're in these cans now with a lid and there's different flavours and it's like, like it's a monster from the future. thing. Yeah, from the future cans and all that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. Sponsoring some extreme sports or something. Trampoline basketball. Ooh. <laughs> it hasn't taken off as much as everyone expected. Oh, uh, it, was, it, was it was good early YouTube Wow, action. look how high they're dunking. Yeah. A <laughs> um, couple other things in this movie that I thought uh, where, it's, where it started to lose me. There's ultimately no reason not to call just call the cops. Yeah, why are they running away from the cops? Yeah. Like they should have just made it they should have done the movie in a way where they thought they had killed this guy. That's why they hired it. But then you And you, they crush a bit of the back there, like Well, because they shot him with the air rifle. Not that that would do it, oh, but, but, but but they've got that they've got that kind of plot device there. Yeah, why it's there. why just, not do something that made you think you killed him? Because they do it for half a second. Maybe in you one pulled of the, the other trigger. Fifteen versions. There was something. Maybe there was, and it got lost over the fifteen lost tapes. The lost tapes. But yeah, I think that would have made more sense to go. What well, we think we killed him, so that's why you don't call the cops. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. And then um, um, Keith David, Craig just, David. <laughs> Is it Keith David or Craig Keith David? David? Keith David. <laughs> Keith yeah. David, all the way up. <laughs> He um he just hates cops. 
yeah. which I guess, you know, 2020 we've learned a bit about why that might be the case. And so I, I understand that. Still think they probably could have called the cops. Well, we don't like the cops though. They got the little bikes with the bring, bring and a pedal, 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 shooty, shooty. Oh, that's one of the things I like too actually with the the copsicles. Um, yeah, I just kept, I think I wrote down like more than once in my notes as I'm watching this. Just So what's the plan here? Because there was no plan. They just started taking the dead body around with them. I think they thought the chick did it. Okay. Yeah. Hey, is she? Side question. She's got a nice apartment. She's got a ridiculously nice car. And she she just works on the campaign trail for a local councillor. Yeah, I guess so. Is she getting these kickbacks? Ah, so maybe she did indirectly kill him. Yeah. Or even directly. Well, I'm just thinking she looks like she's got a pretty, you know, She's got some donan. She's got a good liquor cabinet. She's got the dom. Got the dom. <laughs> Doesn't everybody? Doesn't everybody? No, they don't. <laughs> no, no, they certainly do not. Um, but one thing I did also like, which I forgot, which I which I forgot to mention, was Charlie Sheen's hair. Oh, majestic! Majestic. He could have been a good '80s Superman because Superman in I think in the '80s, I assume in the '80s, had like a full mullet. Did he? Right. Yeah. Maybe with a curl. Yeah, we would have had a curl and a mullet. He would have, yeah, it was that. Yeah, and he had a little ponytail there, Charlie yeah, Sheen, in this yeah, point. I'm nearly there, by the way. Let <laughs> me do a ponytail there. Oh, nice. Been a while for me. Yeah. <laughs> you could do a ponytail. You could grow one if you want. Oh, good. <laughs> the old bald, the, the bald man with the ponytail, is it's a good look. You could become a music teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a saxophonist. Ah, uh, Mr. Percival. <laughs> was that yours? Yeah. There was a few um, non-PC moments. You know, we like to always interrogate uh, how they will hold up in that regard. Yeah. I think there was some sort of uh, gay shaming going on with the tying of the two cops up together. Yeah. Ha, 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 they're behind bum sex. Well, that was the other thing too is, well, A, that also – they had a they had a hostage, got cops to drop their guns, tied them up, and yet at the end of the movie it's like, yeah, and it all worked out in the end. No, 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 you still kidnapped someone. You still did that to the cops. Yeah. You should go to jail. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but then yeah, ultimately it's like that. that's what they did. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's oh, like twice. I'm going to make you boys look like you love each other. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a punishment more cruel than you could imagine. Yeah. What if you were gay? <laughs> <laughs> and also let's make jokes about his um, uh, veteran PTSD. Yeah. Well, interestingly, he was in Platoon with Charlie Sheen. Is he? Keith yeah, David Keith David's in it. I've got a little clippity clip here. Oh, good. So he was in Platoon with Charlie Sheen and oh, I think cool. there's a couple other little Easter eggs of linking that there. So it's almost like his character came back. Oh, um, that's great. That's pretty cool. Emilio, you sly dog. <laughs> so this is the iconic scene between um, Keith David and Charlie Sheen. What's the matter with you, man? How come you ain't writing nobody? What about your folks? That grandma you was telling me about? Girl? You got a mother and father, don't you? There must be somebody. Nah, there's nobody. You been smoking too much of this shit, too. Gotta control that, bring a man down. I mean, when you first come out here to the bush, he's green as that. 
You ever get caught in a mistake that you just can't get out of? So a bit of a slightly different energy there. Oh. And they're both great in that movie. Both of them. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Because Oliver Stone was in, he went to the Vietnam War. We should do that movie. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should do that movie. Should we do a little Keith David deep dive? Go. Real quick. Yeah. Keith David, because he's actually popped up a lot on this podcast, more than I even thought, because he was in um, he was in Roadhouse apparently. I don't remember that. See the barman? Oh, maybe it was. This is way back in episode three, so forgive us. Episode three was I'm Roadhouse. I'm pretty sure Roadhouse was episode three. So, what? Yeah, so it's been a while. Wow. But maybe that was because I didn't know who he was. He's been one of my, you know, we talk about in this podcast a lot about in doing these movies you learn a lot things. more about some of these character actors or, or people you overlooked in the past. And he's definitely one of them for me. He's, this is the William Fickner Award, this one. Yeah. I didn't realise how much I loved Keith David because there's a few things he's done that I'm all over. So yeah. he's done a lot of voice work. Uh-huh. Do you remember the cartoon Gargoyles? Yeah. He did the main, the main guy in Gargoyles. The purple one? Yeah. The Gargoyle. A gargoyle doesn't whine. He rolls. Also, Spawn. So remember Spawn, the comic book? Uh, I feel like this wasn't your thing. No, I remember the movie. Michael yeah, so Jai, was, is it Michael J. White? Michael J. White said the movie. Spawn was like one of my favourite comics as a kid. There Every was also, comic was your favourite comic. Nah, just Spawn and Deadpool oh, were my two. Spawn pool. Spawn pool. And um, so there was a Spawn animated series on HBO back in the day which I think you would actually quite like. I think I watched it. Yeah, it was cool. Guess who did the voice? Uh, Craig David. Close. Keith David. Ah. Yeah, the guy in this movie. He, does, he does have a good voice. He's got a great voice and he goes, he's got an extra chamber of depth yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's quite the man. If I see one of your brain-dead thugs so much as spit in the direction of those alleys, I'm going to come back and pay you a little visit, Tony. And believe me. It won't be as pleasant as the visit I paid your hired cyborg. So deep. It don't get deeper than that, man. It actually does not. It does not get deeper than that. What a voice. What a voice. But it doesn't stop there. He's also in Archer, which is a cartoon that I haven't actually got into yet, but it's one we're supposed to watch. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, it's not going to happen, though. Yeah, but I, I put off Rick and Morty for ages. And then that happened, and you're like. Oh. Oh, not you. But I was like, oh, why would I, why did I put this off? Yeah, that's a good point. You often make good points. Speaking of, he's in Rick and Morty as well. He plays the president. <gasps> he's the pre- Yes. He's done a bunch of video games too. He was in Fallout. He was in Mass Effect. He was in Halo 3. He's done theatre. Halo. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in theatre. He was in the revival of The Wiz with Whitney Houston at the Apollo. He was in The Thing. He was in They Live. He was in Dead Presidents. That's your one of yours. Oh, we need to do that. Yeah, because I only know that from you talking about it. Me talking about not knowing about it but knowing a bit about it. Oh, I thought it was one of your movies. Well, I watched it. He's in it. And I thought it was going to be different to what it was. Well, he's in it. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. It's a, it's a, it, that is about PTSD. And, oh, um, maybe that's Well, actually, more spot. specifically, it's about returned soldiers who became addicted to heroin whilst in oh, the jungle in Vietnam. So he's got a whole lot of Viet- he's Vietnam. Did he go to Vietnam? Maybe. Fuck, we should look that up. Let's look that up right now. Let's do it live. Put some thinking music on. Sounds like no. I think it's a no. Unconfirmed, Sarah Yeah, 
TBC. TBD. But you know what? He was in Volcano. He was in The Quick and the Dead. He was in Armageddon. He was in Requiem for a Dream. And from what I could tell, he was in at least 118 movies. So he's been in lots of stuff. He was in something about in Mary, community? which we've covered. Oh, yeah, because Community is one of the – Dan Harmon is one of the um, Rick and Morty guys. So he's probably uh, part of the family. Uh, circle of life. It's Wheel of Fortune. It is. Yeah. Should we talk about more of the, the Estevezes or Sheens perhaps? I think we should. Yeah. What did uh, – did you learn anything in having a look at this movie that you didn't perhaps know about either of the brothers as a starting point? Um, I think with all that's gone on with Charlie Sheen in recent years, I think it reminded me why I like him, which is interesting because I, not knowing this movie, I did go back and read some reviews from the 90s. Oh, yeah? And most of them said that Charlie Sheen was so shit in this, he acted like he didn't want to be there. That's his thing. But I loved that. I loved it. He yeah. had such great energy in this. And not so much in the movie but in the process of watching a few different interviews around the time of, between the two and like you caught out before with um, Emilio being a lot more like his dad, a lot more awkward. I don't know if you noticed the body language in that interview. He was very awkward. I always thought he was awkward on screen, to be honest. I, I never thought of that. I thought he was so cool. When Did I was, you? Yeah, like as coach and all that. You thought? I always thought Coach Bombay was pretty awkward. Maybe, maybe that's the two years difference with us. Maybe there's an age thing because I just thought it was cool. And I'd never noticed the awkwardness before. Interesting. And I'd never noticed. So basically to me they were the same. They were the same. And then watching this movie and the research around it, Charlie Sheen just went way more, not cool as in like cool guy I want to be friends with, but cool as in. He's a cooler the, guy. The cooler, he's the cooler guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think. I'd probably prefer to be friends with Emilio, I think. Now. He married Paula Abdul briefly. Briefly, he d- yeah. he was engaged to Demi Moore. Really? Yeah, she's a Brat Packer apparently. Yeah, I never apparently. saw that before, but apparently she was. A good friend. Well, his directorial debut was a film called um, Wisdom. The Way? Oh. No, The Way was the more recent one, which got a bit more critical acclaim, but his first the first movie he wrote and directed was called Wisdom in 1986 with Demi Moore. Demi Moore. Ah. He uh yes, he's definitely behind the camera more these days. And he said it too. He's like, I don't like doing the publicity stuff. I find it really yeah. uncomfortable. He lives in Cincinnati. I never noticed any Moved of this. Moved to Cincinnati. wonder if we've got any listeners from Cincinnati. Perhaps. If go, you do, go, let us know. We'll give Bengals. you a shout out next episode. What? Isn't that their team, the Bengals? The Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals. Sounds about right. Sounds right. Here's a clip of Charlie um, <laughs> with great banter on Letterman talking about some little behind-the-scenes shenanigans on this very movie. Ooh. But you'll see the, the stark contrast with what we're saying with Emilio in the, in the, in the Charliness in this, in, in this little clip. Okay, so anyway, tell us about the, the experience on this film that you were well, talking about. Well, I, uh, I, I showed up on the set and I, I was talking to Emilio and I told him this story about having dinner in the Sizzler the night before after work. Uh, <laughs> of course it was a lie. I don't need to say that. And, uh, hey, I eat at the Sizzler. Well, that's all right. <laughs> so I said that some guy tried to get a tried to get a picture of me, and I well, I went Sean Penn on him, and I oh, yeah. I popped the guy, you yeah. know, and and so the whole day he was questioning me about uh, what what was it a right uh, cross, was it a left <laughs> hook, you know? So I had talked to some cops on the set that day, and in the middle of the biggest setup of the day, a two-hour deal with all kinds of extras. Uh, 
We're about to do the shot. He calls action and a cop car pulls into the shot with its lights going. <laughs> and Emilio's looking around knowing this wasn't in the script, yeah. you know. And uh, the cop comes up to the window and he says, are you uh, Charlie Sheen? I guess that was obvious, you know. And uh, he said, uh, well, you're under arrest for assault and battery. Pulls me out of the car, reads me my rights and uh, puts me in the car. And I'm telling Emilio, call my lawyer, call my lawyer. And the cop takes me. Wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. So he, he turns to his AD and he says, can we double him? <laughs> just get a lookalike yeah. in here. Let's finish yeah. the shoot. I don't know if it translates to the audio, but just the body language of the Emilio on Arsenio and then Charlie on... Charlie seems, night yeah, day. It's, uh, he's definitely got more of the Latin uh, yeah. swagger. Um, it is interesting. He's they've certainly ended up in very different territories. Yeah, I hadn't probably realized. Like I know Charlie Sheen had a bad divorce with um, Denise Richards and all that. Yeah, hadn't quite realized the extent of his. Uh, how would you call it? The extent of his world. Oh, tiger blood, winning, all winning, that stuff. Yeah, and he. And you know he had a stroke. I didn't know that in '98. Oh shit. From cocaine overdose. Fuck. Uh, he was he was in it, man. The way that that's a pretty to have a stroke. That's huge because I thought it doesn't it do your heart more than your. Than I your don't know. know. Stroke. Yeah, but it, that was ninety eight, and he's been he's seems to have quite a thing for pornographic like mid, actresses. Midway, yeah, that's kind of been a trend of. Well, again, the the difference between these two guys, I didn't really think about it before. I wouldn't say I'd, I wouldn't say I'm surprised necessarily, but I didn't really consider how different they were. Because in that same Arsenio interview, Emilio talks about how different they were growing up. Yeah, right. I think your brother did an interview. He said you all didn't get along when you were younger, and no, it's nice uh, that that you all yeah. are working together. Well, what brothers didn't fight growing up? You know, every yeah. brothers. You know, they they. It's just the nature of of being, you know, in a family with a lot of kids. And, um, did you all go to the same high school? Yeah. Well, Charlie didn't really go, you know. He, uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, he he played a lot of hooky, uh, but I actually went. Yeah, Santa Monica High. You were a good yeah. student. Yeah, got my ten-year reunion coming up uh, August eighteenth. I'm gonna be there. So you get the vibe there, where he's like uh, the older brother. He was the the good student, one. and this younger brother, little rat bag, is not going to class. I feel like Arsenio is having to work really hard there. Man, Arsenio, what a friend of the show he's been, mm. let's be honest. Yes, thank you, Arsenio, if you're listening. We've leaned on Arsenio for many a clip yeah. in this show and I've grown to really lo- – it was before our time in terms of watching the show because it didn't they didn't have it in Australia. I feel like I've watched so many Arsenio clips now. Mm-hmm. He's pretty good. He's more – he's less formal or less like showy than the other hosts. He's like – He's good at – he has a good conversation. Yes, he it's, asks. It's more like a general he chat. He asks a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the funny thing was I was like, well, obviously he went on to get more critical acclaim as a director because he did that movie Bobby about Bobby Kennedy, which yeah. was a big deal back in the day. Well, not back in the day. I've like, never in seen In like that. 2006. I saw it. I think I watched it on a flight or something. Oh, yeah, it's a flight movie. Yeah. And I was like, well, he obviously got, yeah, like and then I looked it up. Critic score forty seven percent. Yeah, but audience score of seventy two. Apparently, went all in on that financially as well. Yeah, he nearly went bankrupt because he didn't get a return right away. Mm. Um, but it, it it is. I kind of liked it. Like it's it's a fine movie. Who's in it? Demi Moore. Everyone's in it. Everyone else. Everyone else. I think Rat even a, a young Shia LaBeouf is in it. Oh. Ashton Kutcher is in it. 
Ah, is that where he met Demi? Maybe it is. Maybe. Whoa. Maybe they had sex. Just made a fact. But then when it really did um, uh, get a, a lot better was a movie called The Way, which I think was based on a book and his dad's in it too and I think they play five Novella. Is it a novella? <laughs> I don't think it was a novella. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that movie got a bit more critical acclaim. Okay. I, I remember hearing about I haven't seen that one. I remember hearing it was kind of a big deal. Um, and he's directed a couple of movies since. He's directed a lot of TV as well. Yep. So the prestigious moving from the big screen to the small screen as a director is. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. He's done Cold Case, CSI, oh, Numbers, Criminal Minds. It's all on the All resume. those shows that I think are the same show basically. He's, he's, he can apply the formula. Sounds like I'm making fun of Emilio here. I'm a big fan of Emilio. I'll tell you who did take to the small screen quite well. Charlie. His brother. Yeah. So he obviously made a Even series Spin of films. City. Yeah, he did the last two seasons. Yeah, after, which is now on stand. I might watch it. After MJ just, for just some couldn't. MJF. Yeah. He ran out of pockets to hide his hands, the poor oh, bugger. Oh, yeah. That was heartbreaking. That was heartbreaking. Gosh, I like that show a lot too. Me too. I think it's good, right? I think it I is. I think it's a good show. Yeah, it's on stand now, so I might go, I'm gonna, it might be my new show to just have on in the background. Rat Pack Link Back. It's got our friend. Yeah. Cameron from Ferris Bueller, whose name in real life is Kim. So uh, it's got him. Um, but more famously, obviously, uh, Two and a Half Men, Chuck Law. Yeah. Uh, which was netting him like 40 mil a season in its height. Yeah, I think he was the highest paid on TV. Right? He was, he yeah, was. Fuck. Chuck Law can make a hit. He can, Four man. Masses. He can. He is the lowest common denominator incarnate. I watched that. I watched Two and a Half Men. I watched a bit of it. Charlie Most is of, funny, man. I, he a, is funny. He's got that delivery, man. It's that it's, thing that he does. He doesn't. He's. It's a je ne sais quoi. To some people, it's a weakness, but to me, it's. I love it. Yeah. It's not interesting. Have you seen Terminal Velocity? No, I really want to watch it now. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And he's like, he, it's kind of trying to be a serious movie. Well, serious kind of action movie. Um, but there's just moments of him just being like ridiculous. Yeah. And it's just. Well, I'm reminded of Hot Shots too. Which yeah, it's got Hot Shots vibes. Because kind of he's acting in. serious. Like yeah. he's not trying to be funny. I mean, he maybe is trying to be funny, but he doesn't look like he's trying to be funny. Yeah. He just plays it so deadpan. Dead. Yeah, he's got like a Leslie Nelson like, mm, you just squint. vibe, doesn't he? Yeah. She let me touch the bumps on her head. I've got my father's eyes. He's <laughs> <laughs> got him in the little jar. <laughs> Good movie, man. Yeah. And the fact that he got ripped for the second one. Yeah. Got him. Hot shots part He's gone all the way in, man. Yeah, he was a pretty fit dude at times. For that, I think that was the main ah, driver. He just did it. Why not? We'll get into that at some point when we do that movie. What about the Sheens more generally? Oh, I was going to say quickly on Emilio. Yeah. He did seem – he's felt relatively self-aware. I heard a quote. I don't know what year this quote was made. but I saw this on IMDb and it was like people come up to me in the streets and say, men at work – is the funniest movie I've ever seen in my life. But, you know, I do have to question how many movies these people have seen. <laughs> Good on him. So I think he's, you know. They got some. Hey, also, you know who else has done quite well in the Sheen family on the small screen? Martin Sheen. Of course. The West Wing, West first Wing. of all. But then also Grace and Frankie on Netflix. Is that the one with the two old boys who fall for each other? Yeah, he's one of them. Yeah, who's the other one? Uh, the guy from Law and Order with the eyebrows, Ice T. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sipowitz. 
Uh, I, don't, I don't watch it. That's, in my, that's <laughs> NYPD Blue. Is it? Uh, Sip which was Italian short sleeve shirt. Yeah, I haven't watched that. Carol watches it. Ara watches it too. <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty good. I'd watch it, but, you know, she starts these shows and I'm not around. I'm like, where do you want me to plug in? Exactly. So I just watch a bit of it when it's on. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting – in a week where there's maybe not a lot to cover in terms of the film specifically, I figure it's a good opportunity to talk about the Sheens more generally. Yes, and we, you know, the 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 naming based on the Sheens. But did you ever wonder? Because we said before, as you when you're a kid, you don't know that they're brothers because you're an idiot. But then you get older and you realize, oh, Emilio Estevez and Charlotte Sheen are brothers. Of course, they are oh, exactly the same. I think I, my thought was, oh, oh, they must be cousins. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Names are different. Yeah. The names are different. But have you heard the, the rationale here? Yes. So obviously Martin Sheen was Ramon Antonio Gerardo Estevez. Yeah. And it was a time where in America it wasn't great to have such an ethnic name. So so he came up with, with um, Martin, Martin Sheen. Sheen. Was that his wife's maiden name, I believe? No, he, oh, I think I've got the story here. He came up with it based off a few things. What's his wife's maiden name? Not Sheen. Ah. Oh. No, I never changed my name. My, my name officially is still Ramon Estevez on my passport, driver's license, and so forth. And I love my name. I never would change it. But when I came to New York in 1959, there was a, a great, you know, prejudice against Hispanics, largely against the Puerto Rican community that I adored. And I felt very much a part of the Hispanic community. But my, my, my look, what they were telling me, was Irish. Okay, I said, well, uh, I'll try this name. So I took the name of uh, Martin from Robert Dale Martin. I talk about in the book was a casting director at CBS when I came here, and he was encouraging to me. And the last name Sheen from Fulton J. Sheen, he was the auxiliary bishop of New York at the time. And he was, when I was growing up as a teenager, he was, uh, he was the first tele-evangelist you know, on television. He had a Tuesday night uh, primetime show called Life is Worth Living, and he gave a lecture, a half-hour lecture every night, and he was number one in the country. He beat Burl, Milton Burl, in the ratings, and he was a very popular personality, but I thought of him as an actor. I mean, he had this great look, and he was very intense. (laughs) I didn't have a clue what he was talking about, his theology or politics, but I loved his performance. And so I thought, I'll give, I'll give him a try. So I put the two names together, thinking if they didn't work, I'll try another name. Who knows, you know? <laughs> and Emilio, no desire, nothing. No, no, I, no on the contrary. When, when I began, uh, I was influenced by a lot of managers and agents who wanted to come into my life and, and, and uh, represent me. And they said, well, you know, it'd be a lot easier, kiddo, if you, uh, if you went with Sheen. It's a, it's a brand name. Uh, it'll be a lot easier for you. Plus, you don't look. Hispanic, same issues as 1979-1980. And so my first series of headshots, uh, I got printed up with the name Emilio Sheen and at the very bottom. <laughs> and, and I looked at it and I went, that is so stupid. <laughs> it looks so stupid. Uh, and, and he really implored, he said, don't make the same mistake I did. Um, but you know, you're young and you want to push back against the old man. You don't, you know, he, what does he know? Turns out right. he knew a lot, and uh, so I, I, I went, uh, stayed with the with the family name, and and so yeah, Emilio was like, "Fuck it, I'll keep the name." And uh, he, I think Martin Sheen always slightly regretted it. He did what he had to he, do, he but that, in the back yeah. of his mind, is like, "Oh, I kind of wish I didn't." Yeah, and he makes a point of saying, "I'm still Ramon." Yeah, and then Charlie Sheen, on the other hand, um, 
says he's kept Sheen more as a, I guess, a public-facing legacy to his dad. So it's more like to carry on that name. So it's kind of interesting too. Thanks. But, yeah, so there you have it. Should we get into the verdict? Let's do it. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Uh, so my my overall thoughts on this one, I probably said it already, is uh, I would have loved this in the 90s, but it's a damn shame I didn't watch this in the 90s because... It probably doesn't hold up for me. Um, I think there's a lot. There's a lot that's good about this, but in the balance of things, uh-huh. I, I, if you haven't seen this, I can't really recommend it. So yep. for me, uh, it's probably best left in the past. Oh, there you go, back to backs. What did we do last week? I don't know. No, it's not back to back. Oh, sound like kids. <laughs> no, no. Back to backs. No, that was something about backy <laughs> uh, No, we did last summer. Yeah. And this is a. This is. Yeah. I. I, I I say that with a heavy heart because I I would have loved this in, in 1990. So this is not judgment on people's taste in movies. This is just me. Yeah, so Tristan hates this and anyone that's ever liked it. Yeah. Um, go to hell. You go to hell. I would say for me, having seen it, rewatched it, I was like, eh, maybe it is best left in the past because yeah. at the time I loved it and the rewatch, it didn't hold up in the same light. Because sometimes best left in the past is almost not an insult, but no, almost like, like don't tarnish that. Yeah, yeah, the memory exactly. is strong. The memory is strong. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the memory was strong, girl, than yeah. the rewatch. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like sitting on the fence a bit. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, we're getting some of our patented cultural relevancy tests. Um, this is going to be a quick one. Uh, did, <laughs> yeah, all of them are a no. Did Simpsons do it? No. Porn, porn parody? No. Bechdel test, no. Did you search Pornhub for men at work? <laughs> no, I, d- I decided to just make the call. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, 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 me too. <laughs> <laughs> a- FX test, no. Oh, there's, there's an explosion. Is there a good one? Well, the explosion <laughs> test, sure. <laughs> Recasties? I didn't do recasties. I did some recasties. Oh, the Franco Brothers. There you go. Oh, I had the Franco Brothers too, especially if they were going to do more of a frat packy, Seth Rogen-y type of deal. But I did have also Zac Efron and Adam Devine. Oh, yep. Who's Um, Adam Devine? He's the guy from Workaholics. They played brothers in another movie. You know him if you see him. But Kenny Powers is the supervisor. Oh, instead of Kenny Powers. instead of Keith David, yeah, he's, Kenny Powers. I, I was actually thinking because he'll be a Kenny real Powers pain in the ass. This. He'll be a pain in the ass. Um, and Key and Peel was the cops. Oh yeah, yeah. Six degrees of JCVD. I didn't do it. I did. Charlie Sheen is in this movie. Charlie Sheen is in Ferris Bueller. Mia Sara is in Ferris Bueller. Mia Sara is in Time Cop. Oh, Mia Sara. Two degrees. Nice. That was good. Well yeah. done. Yeah, it's pretty good. I was pretty happy with that. Did you have to look it up, or did it come to you? It came to me, yeah, me, Sarah. I got the yeah, nice. Sarah thing. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to you, it's easy. And then if it's hard work, it's too hard. That's why this segment is in the we show don't sometimes. Like to do things other that times, are hard. it's not. Exactly. Well, in certain weeks. I don't think people are that fast. I don't Friends think people are that much. Oh, they have I don't degrees. think we've lost any listeners over not doing Six Degrees no. of JCVD. 
chances are the listeners have lost have already stopped listening. <laughs> exactly. If you've made it this far, you're here whether you like it or not. All right. In saying that, leave us a review if you do enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, we'd love that. Um, we'd really love that. And we you, haven't had any. In and a you've while. probably already left one if you're listening at this point. In which case, steal your spouse's phone and leave one. Oh, great advice, is Greg. Yeah. Great advice is take your wife's phone, take your mum's phone, take your kid's phone, leave a little juicy review that helps with the algorithm because there's a little boosty boost up the charts in the Apple podcast and such. Um, but, yeah, thanks for listening. Next week we are actually going to be finally doing Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, which has been delayed yes. due to pitch work at work and such. Um, and we're excited for it. Can't wait for it. I'm we'll, pumped. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Have a... Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.